Welcome back to the Golf Shop. Mark Greenhouse, Matt Blanchard, Liberty Bill. The segment's brought to you by Greater Golf Express, the home of Encore Balls. The official ball of the Golf Shop Radio Show. Purchase Encore Balls in Pineville or at GreaterGolfExpress.com. Oh, I can give me half a hat, those little folks, and be ten and suck my friends up here with the whole smear. You know, club, bag, shoes, gloves, shirts, pants. Hey, orange balls, I'll have a box of those. Give me a box of those, thank you, ladies, keys, and give me two of those. Give me six of those. Oh, this is the worst-looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. How you like me now? How you like me now? Yeah, all right. Yeah, you know, we were talking about a bunch of coaching changes and stuff like that. It's always interesting to see, like, you know, so I'm on the pulse of Clemson and all their coaching changes, and they made some staff changes. Uh, Danny Pierman, who's been forever around the staff, and he uh, he's moving to a, a this is interesting, a scouting role that includes self-scouting and transfer portal evaluations, which is significant because Dabo has not wanted to recruit the portal. Ooh, but now they're going to no. start looking at it. Okay. Um, I didn't but, realize that. But it's always interesting. So they're adding Andrew Zhao, who was a former quarterback at Alabama, mm-hmm. onto the Clemson staff. Just don't remember his name. Who's going to take over as an offensive player analyst for Chancey Stuckey, who was a receiver at Clemson. And then they're talking about uh, C.J. Spillers coming back into a role and all this stuff. Um, so there's all kinds of fun stuff. And the, there's all, there, the thing is, there's so many coaching positions at colleges that you don't know about. Right. Like C.J. Spiller is going into a – he's moving up from an unpaid role to running back coach. So he was an unpaid That's role. That's actually a big promotion. Yeah. That's getting him on his way. But I was just—I was saying at the break that there's one play that I, that I think is one of the greatest college football plays I have ever seen, and it was C.J. Spiller – Against Georgia Tech in prime time, they threw a ball out to him in a flat in the flat when he was either a freshman or a sophomore, and I mean he's one on one in the side. I mean he's got the sideline to his right, the entire field of players to his left, and there's a defensive back that's out there and a safety, and he made both of those guys miss individually, and I think one guy laid a finger on him, and he had nowhere to go, and they, they nobody touched him, and he went sixty yards for a touchdown. One of the greatest plays I've ever seen. He was playing Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was good then, <laughs> by the way. Okay. This was the Paul I'm Johnson era. Fan. That might have that might have ended Georgia Tech <laughs> might be, single-handedly. That's the reason. There it is. We have the answer. I mean, if if, if Chris Berman was calling the game, there yeah. would have been whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> gone. So, what do you got, Bill? I got some fun stuff. Greeny, I know you love these data number crunches. Maddie, I know you love making fun of Greeny and how much he loves these data number Uh, crunches. uh, So, PGA stats, you know, they accumulate all these stats, about 128 of them. So, some a wise man over here on the golfdigest.com website went through those 128 stats, ran a regression model, yada, yada, yada. The question is, what stats correlate the most with success on tour? And we're defining success on tour as accruing FedEx Cup points. So, obviously, the majors and all that are more important. Give you guys a little bit of flavor here in terms of what stats we're talking about. I'll give you the stats that correlate the least to success on tour. The least... Correlated stat, consecutive cuts. That doesn't have a lot in terms of accruing FedEx cut points. You make a lot of cuts, you might not necessarily get a lot of FedEx cut points. Consecutive par three birdies, also not mm, a lot of correlation. No. Longest holeouts. So you see, it's it's all the detailed stats. So I'm curious, when you guys think about all the shots gain stats, birdie average, total driving, bounce back, whatever you want to look at, what do you think stats correlate most with accruing FedEx cut points on tour? Putting, total putting. I'm going putts per round. 
Okay, sort of the same thing. Putting, putting average is 37th. Really? Putts per round is 32nd. Putts per green in regulation. Putts per green... I should be able to find that one. Yeah, I? there should be a putts per green in regulation. Or I maybe think that... proximity. Uh, that's 14th, actually. How, how's proximity? Proximity. Now, that's an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see where that 48. goes. 48. See, okay. now, I don't that's know. That's from if... sand, though. Hang yeah, on. That okay. was just from sand. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Proximity from the... Uh, from just your second shot. Approach to the green. Is it... What's the stat I'm looking for? I'm, I'm trying to go there. How about from doing... the fairway or to yeah. the hole? Proximity to the hole, 60th. Fairway see, proximity, really? 55th. See, now here's the thing. If you remember when Brooks Kepka was rolling everybody, yeah. right? And he was winning four majors in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. There was a P- the PGA Championship, and I forget where it was, but the one where Tiger was kind of chasing him, right? The one thing that they said, Brooks Kepka was crushing the field in birdie attempts from 20 feet and in, mm-hmm. which is proximity to the hole. Right. Plain and simple, That's proximity it. to the hole. That's right. He had... By far and away, much more opportunity from 20 feet and f- and less than anybody else in the field. And that, I think, to me, is a key stat. I don't know. Be. It's not necessarily proximity, but it's how many attempts you have inside of 20 feet. And I'm trying to see if there's an approach to the green. Uh, yeah. Green's percentage. Yes. Shots approach the green? That would be number one. That would be the most correlated okay. stat. You there got you go. it. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, to give the gentleman credit is Rick Geeman of rickrungood.com who came up with this analysis. But yes, approach the green is number one most correlated stat with accruing FedEx Cup points followed by shots gained off the tee, scoring average, shots gained total, shots gained around the green, shots gained tee to green, birdie or better percentage, yada, yada, yada. See, that's so much TMI for me because I'm not a stats well, guy. I don't, I don't, you know, so, that just, I, so here you go. I don't get it. <laughs> who, led the, who led the FedEx Cup most of the season? Justin Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. So Justin Thomas was number one in strokes gained approach to the green. Number two was Colin Morikawa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Webb Simpson was up there. Gary Woodland was up there. So it does and it doesn't because um, number three was Russell Henley. Wow. <laughs> Good pick this week, though. Didn't make yeah. any putts, evidently. Who knew? Yeah. Faraday's out at Golf Channel. What's going on at Golf Channel and what should Faraday do next? Well, I don't think Faraday wanted to live in Stanford, Connecticut. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so and, after and really, I think his the shine is off of him anyway. I, I, I'm not so sure that his days were not numbered anyway, Bill. Well, you know, the Faraday show is over. He could probably, and, and I'm sure, I don't know Golf Channel and rights. I'm sure there's some that, you know, that he has, that they have the rights to the show called Faraday. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he could translate that to something else. I mean, those interviews were really good. They I don't, were. I don't know if I necessarily liked the format. Um, I would rather just sit down and have a conversation instead of some of the other stuff that you get but I, I like the back and forth i don't like the you know going off questions and, and uh, doing yeah, a right, right doing a five minute uh, video and of something that they're goofing off and i mean i would just rather like you know i learn you learn stuff from freddie couples and those are the kind of people you know the ones that you don't hear a whole lot about those are the guys that i like that, that don't yep, open up i agree man i agree and you know it takes them a while to get to some of those people i just thought after the first couple of years i just it was the same old same old now when i saw a marquee name that he was going to interview on a particular week yeah i would dvr it probably so it'll be interesting to see if he does some kind of podcast yeah. or something like that yeah. um you know he, he's still going to be involved i mean he still does um, you know, stuff for CBS. So it'll be interesting to mm-hmm. see if maybe CBS picks him up from that standpoint. 
And we're trying to get him on the show to see what he's going to be up to. Trey Wingo, formerly of ESPN, is yeah. set to do play-by-play for PGA Tour Live. Is this a good choice? And another question, any other sports play-by-play people out there you'd like to see do some golf? No. Well, first of all, Trey Wingo, <laughs> I don't I don't even know how much Trey Wingo knows about golf, first of all. He's a huge golf guy. Uh, well, he really okay, is. is he? Okay, well, th- that may work out. but um, Does he do uh, play-by-play of anything? No. I've never heard Not him in do a play-by-play. While. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I'm not a. F- we we see how poorly play-by-play guys go that don't do this ordinarily. It's just a different animal. I tell you, who's good at it. It's Bill Rosinski's very good at it. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, there are some people that are very good at it, and you know, I'll give John Wood credit. He's done well as, a, has, as an on-course man. reporter. He, so I think far. he's better than Bones. Uh, I do. So, um, Greeny, you said the the people that are new to golf aren't the best. They just don't get the unique broadcast of golf. So what is your concern? Is Wingo going to be too excited, yelling too much, like nah, a football game? Nah. There's different insight that you have to bring. I mean, it's it's a sport that doesn't have sometimes necessarily the action. You know, it is funny. You know, they I did see a stat one day that people talk about, you know, well, baseball is boring and the NFL is not. And somebody did a comparison and said, well, literally, there's the same amount of game action in baseball as there actually is right. in football. Yeah. You know, well, hockey's the best one because the clock only runs in hockey when the play is going. Yeah, right. You know, in the NFL, the play, the clock's constantly running. I think the average play is maybe four seconds, five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I know. So hockey from a from a value, from game action for your dollar, mm-hmm. it's hockey. Because, like I said, the clock only moves when the puck is in play. And that's one of the few sports. I mean, you watch soccer, which is one of the most uh, watched sports in the world. I mean, there's a lot of goofing off, and the clock still runs the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, there's four minutes added to this half. You know, it's like stoppage that seems time. Ar- you know, stoppage time is arbitrary. So uh, yeah, hockey by is it for play. But you know, there is a different. There is a different thing. There's you 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 can't be the main person. You know, you have to. And for me, calling golf is less about calling the play than it is managing the broadcast. Let it breathe. I, I think it's a I think it's a broadcast management. It's to me, it's not play by play, and I think that's the mistake people make. Picking up on this pace of play conversation, yeah. Theo Epstein, former Cubs executive, Major League Baseball named him kind of the czar of improving baseball, making it more aesthetically pleasing. If someone in the golf world was to be a consultant to make golf more aesthetically pleasing, who would you want to be working with Commissioner Jay Monahan on that initiative? Is there uh, anybody out the there? The brand? Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. We haven't said his name all day, so I figured I'd say it. The brand, the brand Grapple, anything well, we else we need to f- get out? We haven't said it in several segments. <laughs> anybody, though, you could see that really I, help I, in the I, aesthetic, I, maybe improve the pace of play? Well, that's that's the thing is is – They've got to put a time limit. I mean, they're supposedly you got forty seconds mark. Is that what it is between shots? Now, and I haven't heard a thing about it in no, the first two events. I haven't heard anything <laughs> about it in five years. Um, well, no, it was supposed there was a new policy this year, but I haven't heard anything about it in two weeks. And you're telling me that everybody's uh, adapted that quickly? I mean, first Seriously? of all, forty seconds is too long anyway. I mean, just you know, I know you got to factor well, win and all this other stuff, but see, you know, I, that's why you have a caddy. Uh, I disagree with 40 seconds. Do you? In some instances, it's too long. In some instances, it's not long enough. It just depends. Well, yeah, I, I know it's, it's it's subjective. I understand, but, you know. I mean, if a fan makes a noise and you back off, are you penalized? We shouldn't be. So does that reset the clock? I mean, you know, that's the thing that I worry. You know, with we know with Tiger's groups, there's always a flow of right. people moving. Should Tiger have 40 seconds to hit a shot? 
Probably not because he's got 10,000 people walking up and it's down the It's more about the people that are playing with him because they're starting to move when after he's hit. It's, it's a so, loud thing. Yeah. So to me, it's when it's your turn to hit, if you go Bryson DeChambeau and it takes you three minutes to hit a shot, you should get a penalty. I, I there agree. should be no warning. I'm sorry, Bryson. If you take, you know, if you bust out a couldn't agree with you more. You know, your weather app and your you're throwing up a windsock <laughs> and, a, and a weather balloon and doing all <laughs> and calculating your physics. A protractor. And it takes two two minutes and thirty seconds. There should be no no warning, penalty. I agree. And that's the difference that I think. So I, I don't know. You, you look to you look to Brooks Kepka, who's a fast player, who's complained about. Go to the guys that have complained about it. Say, help us fix the problem. That's it. But by the way, you also need to incorporate the slowest players to help fix that problem. Why are you so slow, dude? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, do some study. We got about one minute well, left. You know, you know, Ben Crane was so slow, and they oh, they yes. sped him up. Ben Crane and Rory, Rory Sabatini. Rory Sabatini. Oh. Uh, at Congressional. Oh, Awful thing. Bill, you don't know this one. So Ben Crane was so slow that Rory Sabatini literally played ahead and was standing up at the green left. waiting for Ben Crane to hit a shot I think in. he went to the next tee. <laughs> I think he finished and went to the next tee. So anyway, yeah. that is our show. Make sure that you join us every Saturday morning right here, 8 to 10 a.m. Mark Greenhounds, Matt Blanchard, Liberty Bill. You're listening to the Golf Shop Radio Network.